Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Okay. Welcome to Prayer Warriors Needed because Prayer Warriors are needed tonight. We have a lecture on the book of Joshua, a lecture on Joshua and a quiz following. Joshua is the book right after Deuteronomy. And um, we're looking at a biblical history of Israel. And we will find that they've been fighting over that land from way back in the Bible times. Very interesting lesson. The book is about the conquest and what God's people had to go through. And the same demons we're fighting today, the pagans, the idolaters, everybody, demons um, find ways to uh, put idols, uh, things to take away God's uh, worship and, and awesomeness and sovereignty. So back in the day, it was idolatry and jewelry, and today it's money. They do anything to pull away the glory from God, but we thank God that we could see see through that. We thank God for the spirit of discernment. We know that we didn't come out of a tree, that our creator, the most high God, created us, and we give him all the praise, we give him all the glory, we give him all the honor, and we thank God for the privilege of prayer, the privilege to learn more about his word and to study the Bible. So join us tonight as we take a biblical a look at the biblical history of Israel, focusing on the book of Joshua and the many conquests that they had in um, in the Old Testament. We're going to start with prayer from our sister Anne. Anne, go ahead and pray. Father God in heaven, thank you, Jesus Christ, for bringing us together this evening, Father with my sisters and prayer warriors, Father. I thank you so much, Father, for giving me this day, this hour, as you continue to bless me, Father, and carry on, Father. There are transitions all over the face of this flow, Father, for suffering so much. I like to pray for them, Father. Please use their things, Father, and show them the way towards uh, everlasting faith and love within your heart, Father. Please continue to bless all my prayer warriors, their friends such as them. Um, Miriam and her mother and her nephews, uh, such as Amy and Amy and uh, her mother, and such as uh, Mark and his family and other prayer warriors, Father. Please continue to bless us all, Father. Give us the faith and the strength to carry on, Father. And all in your name, Father, as we continue to praise you, that you continue to bless us, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray for Evan Amen. 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 Thank you. Okay. Also, I'd like to just say I have some videos here, test of believers, particularly for the targeted individual community. Um, I found some uh, other praying people. So um, 
he sent uh, sent me a, a host of videos. We'll look at cleanse by God and feeling clean and light after prayer. And um, another video I have here: cursed object. If there's a cursed object in the house, watch out. And then we have false teachers, the kudalini, and seed money. Then we have another video, list of spirits. And then come out mind-binding spirits, spirits that bind the mind. And also can demons enter Christians. So we'll take a look at that after we do our Bible study. Those are some videos. I just wanted to let the people know. Whoever TIs, if you're interested, and if you're TI, you know this program is so demonic in nature. We just believe in covering the whole range of spiritual warfare, learning the uh, how to bind and rebuke the tricks of the devil, the schemes of the devil, and we learn our Bible to give us the authority and the strength to do such. So tonight we're looking at the biblical history of Israel, and that's to get a better understanding of the Bible. We're looking at the book of Joshua. We give God all the praise. We give him all the honor. Heavenly Spirit, Heavenly Father, we ask you, God, to have the Holy Spirit guide, direct, and lead us through this lesson that we can leave here with information and knowledge we did not have previously. God, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. We thank you, God, for bringing us through another week. We thank you, God, for the week we have coming before us. We praise you. We exalt your name. We ask you, God, for the continued favor on our lives, continued blessings. Open up the windows of heaven, Heavenly Father, so that we can expand the kingdom of God. We can do great work. God, we ask you for special coverage and sealings and protections over those that are suffering, the targeted individual community, those that are being tormented, Heavenly Father, tortured. In the name of Jesus, we bind the tormentation demon up. We bind that torture demon up, we whip it up, we toss it, we cast it back to the pit of hell it came from. And we ask you, God, to give those the strength, Heavenly Father, to to show the devil he's alive, to keep their mind stayed on you, to pray through this thing in the name of Jesus that this demon has to leave them alone. Heavenly Father, we ask you for special blessings of prayer warriors, people like Am that's here that's suffering, my nephew, who may not be here, but God, we ask you to send his, send the coverage, God. Bind up those demons in the name of Jesus. Let them know, God, that he will serve you. He will be a man of God. He, you have a future. Likewise, for our sister Anne and Amy and everyone that's suffering, Heavenly Father, by demon, demonic tormentation uh, coupled with scientific obstructions. God, let the devil know that he cannot have them that they will serve you, they will advance the kingdom of God. We thank you, God, for giving them to us on this earth and the privilege you've given them to give their unique skills on this earth to expand God's work. God, we need all the prayer warriors possible. Let the targeted individuals know that their services are needed on earth, that they were put on this earth for a specific reason and that God has a plan for them. God has a destiny. God has an objective for them. And no weapon formed against them can prosper. Give them the strength and endurance to continue standing on your word, God, so that they can be utilized, Heavenly Father, to see the blessings that you have for them by helping other people, by doing great things, Heavenly Father. We know the devil's a liar. We know he's trying to discourage them, God. God, give them the strength to continue to endure, to move forward in the midst of how it may seem very negative. 
Let them walk by this thing called faith, God, that you will bring them through, that they will prove the devil to be a liar. Heavenly Father, give them the strength, the power to punch the devil in the eye and let him know that God is all sovereign and we are children of the Most High God. God, we thank you as you continue to walk with us, build us up. We thank you for the ceiling of protection that no weapon can, can put us in our grave before time. We thank you, God, for the land of the living that you've put us here for. We thank you, God, for the brain you've given us, for the heart, for the, the mind, for the, the mind to serve you, to mind to keep our, our minds on you, Heavenly Father. God, we give you praise. We give you glory in the name of Jesus, God. God, this lesson in Jesus' name, amen. Okay. We're looking at Joshua. The Book of Conquest. Joshua is the book about a land and a people. It is about the act of conquering and the victory of the Israelites in the land of Canaan. The land is an inheritance promised by God waiting to be occupied. The people are the elect nation of God facing human obstacles in the, in the way of taking the land. If if um if I'm echoing, I do need you to let me know whether you're on talk shoe or um. No, they won't even let me. Wait a minute. Where is? How do I open it? Talk shoe. Okay. Yeah, if I'm echoing, uh, you can let me know whether it's TalkShoe or anyone listening in because it sounds like an echo, but I'm not sure. Okay, so we're looking at Joshua. The land is an inheritance promised by God waiting to be occupied. The people are the elect nation of God facing human obstacles in the way of taking the land. The obstacles are the occasion for battle, a holy war designed by God to oust to get rid of the idolatrous, the polytheistic. And we looked at our polytheistic were people who worship deities, whether it be angels or uh, spirits, and then believers in many gods. So you have polyester people that worship deities, and you have people who worship many gods, and pure corrupt enemies from the land. It was God's order to get them out. So it is for this that Joshua is called the Book of Conquest. Joshua's narrative about winning the rest of the land of Canaan resumes the history of Israel at the point where Deuteronomy ends. The sequence of the Pentateuch book is this. Genesis, God brings Israel to birth and promises to give it the land of Canaan in Genesis. Exodus. God delivers his people from oppression in a foreign land, Egypt, and he starts them on their way to the promised land, giving them laws to live by as recorded in Exodus and Leviticus. Then he goes to Numbers. Numbers records the journey of Israel through the wilderness up to the gate of Canaan. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy describes final preparations for entering the land. At this point, Joshua picks up the story 
describing the conquest of the land and the division of its territories to the tribes of Israel. Joshua. Joshua, the book of Joshua is the climax of progressive history as well as the commencement of a new experience for Israel. Thus, its historical view gives its strategic place in the Old Testament scriptures. The geography involved in the narrative, the major movements of the Israelite host against their enemies fall naturally into three general campaigns. The central campaign was to secure a bridgehead for the Israelite in the center of the land from which to spread out. The southern campaign was to route to the nearest foes. The northern campaign was to gain control of the distant territory. The land originally promised to Abraham seemed extended from the Nile River in Egypt to the great river Euphrates. This same promise was confirmed to the Israelites in the days of Moses in Exodus 23:31, and again in, to Joshua 1, verse 4. There were two ideal limits of influence, from Egypt, the one world power on Palestinian's southern west border, to Babylon, the power on its eastern side. One can easily recognize the strategic location of Canaan with reference to the rest of the world of Israel's day. It was the connecting link, the point of balance and the spot on which the major land and sea routes converged. The explicit details of the geographical boundaries of the Canaan to be possessed were described by the Lord to Moses on the eve of Israel's entry into the land in Numbers 34. At that time, also, Joshua and Elysia were appointed to the task of apportioning the territories to the different tribes. The accomplishments of this business is recorded in Joshua chapters 13 through 19. It is to be noted that all the enemies were now routed immediately, with some cities within the boundaries were not taken until the days of David and Solomon. This piecemeal conquest can be attributed partly to the failure of the Israelites to fully obey God's conditions, and also the fact of the divine timetable of design delay to spare the land from sudden desolation by nature itself. Exodus 23. The Christ of Joshua. Although there are no direct messianic prophecies in the book of Joshua, Joshua is clearly a type of Christ. His name, Yeshua, meaning Yahweh, is salvation. It is the Hebrew equivalent of the name Jesus. In his role of triumphantly leading his people into their possessions, he foreshadows the one who will bring many sons to glory. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Joshua succeeded Moses and wins the victory not reached by Moses. This foreshadowed that Christ would succeed the Mosaic law and win the victory unreachable by the law. The commander of the army of the Lord, who was meant by Joshua, is evidently a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. Rahab's scarlet cord portrays safety through the blood, and amazingly, this Gentile woman is found in Christ's genealogy in Matthew 1, verse 5. Some of the keys to the book of Joshua. The key word is conquest. The entire book of Joshua describes the entering, the conquering, and occupying the land of Canaan. The book begins with the statement of the promise of conquest. 
The key verses are Joshua 1, verse 8, and Joshua 11, verse 23. The key chapter is Joshua 24. Some of the most critical periods in Israel's history are the transitions of leadership from Moses to Joshua, from Joshua to the judges, from the judges to the kings, and so on. Before his death, Joshua made preparation for a major transition of leadership. This transition would delegate the authority that was held up until now by one man to the authority that would be held by many, the judges. Joshua reviews for the people God's fulfillment of his promises and then challenges them to review their commitment to the covenant, Joshua 24, which is the foundation for all successful national life. In the survey of Joshua, we find that Joshua resumes the narrative where Deuteronomy left off, and it takes Israel from the wilderness to the promised land. Israel has now reached its climatic point of fulfilling the centuries-old promise in Genesis of a homeland. The first half of Joshua describes the seven-year conquest of the land, and the second half of Joshua gives the details of the division and settlement of the land. The conquest is prefigured by preparation in Joshua chapters 1 through 13. The, no, the first five chapters record the spiritual, moral, physical, and military preparation of Joshua and the people for the impending conquest of Canaan. Joshua is given by a charge by God to complete the task begun by Moses. After being encouraged by God, Joshua sends out two spies who come back with a favorable report. In contrast to the spies of the previous generation, obedience and faith are united in the miraculous crossing of the Jordan River. Next is Joshua's campaign in central Canaan. This place, strategic, this place is a strategic wedge between the northern and southern cities, preventing a massive Canaanite alliance against Israel. This divide-and-conquer strategy proves effective, but God's directions for taking the first city, Jericho, sound like foolishness from a military point of view. The Lord used this test. The Lord used this to test the people and to teach them that Israel's success in battle will always be by his power and not their own might or cleverness. Sin must be dealt with at once. It brings severe consequences and defeat. Joshua 7, 1, Joshua 22, 6. Next comes the southern and northern campaigns in Joshua 9 through 13. These two campaigns were also successful, but an unwise oath made to the deceptive Gibeonites forces Israel to protect them and to disobey God's command to eliminate the Canaanites. Fourth, settlement is next in the book. Joshua 13 to 24. Joshua is growing old, and God tells him to divide the land among the 12 tribes. Much remains to be won, and the tribes are to continue the conquest by faith after Joshua's death. Joshua 13 through 24 describe the allocation of the land to the various tribes, as well as the inheritance of Caleb, chapters 14 and 15, and the Levites in chapter 21. The last chapters, Joshua 22 to 24, 
They record the conditions for continued successful settlement in Canaan. Access to God as well as his forgiveness came only through the divinely established sacrificial system. Civil war almost breaks out when the eastern tribes build an altar that is misinterpreted by the western tribes. Realizing that bless, realizing that blessings come come from God only, as Israel obeys His covenant, Joshua preaches a moving sermon clim, climaxed by Israel's renewal of her allegiance to the covenant. The background: the author of Joshua is unknown. The author of the book of Joshua is not explicitly identified, but the following facts are known about its authorship: the author was an eyewitness. The general tenor of the book indicates that the author was an eyewitness of most of the events, which are described with great vividness and minuteness of details, and occasionally in the first person using we and us in the Joshua 5-6. There is lots of unity of style in the book. The unity of style in the organization of the book indicates that one author wrote the bulk of the work. Joshua is specifically identified as the author of some writings. He wrote the words of a covenant which he shared with Israel in the book of the law of God, Joshua 24:26, which was born of his farewell charge in chapter 24. Also, Joshua was responsible for the land survey of Canaan, which he caused to have recorded in a book, Joshua 18:9. Some parts of the book could not have been written by Joshua. There are small sections that could not possibly have been written by Joshua. These include the reference to his death, Joshua 24, 29 through 30, and to the faithfulness of Israel during the years after his death, Joshua 24, 31. It is possible that Eliezer, the priest, added these sections in the note of Elisha's death in Joshua 24:33 was possibly recorded by Benahas, his son. Jewish tradition, both ancient and modern, has consistently ascribed the authorship of the book to Joshua. Among conservative Christians today, opinion is perhaps equally divided. Internally, internally, there's nothing to deny the bulk of the book came from Joshua's pen. The important thing to recognize is that the identification of the author is not a crucial factor in studying the Bible text. The date of the book's writing was soon after the event. The book was written not long after the events had transpired. If the conquest of Canaan was completed around 1400 B.C., the book, the book was written soon after this date. About 24 years are covered by the narrative of Joshua. After the Canaanites were conquered, Joshua divided the land, he settled in the tribes in their respective places, and he looked after the affairs of the nation until his death. What are the prominent subjects in the book of Joshua? The prominent subjects include, one, the man Joshua is prominent. The prominent person of this book is the man Joshua. A few of the many things revealed about him are cited below. His name was Hoshea. Joshua's original name was Hoshea, Numbers 13.8, which literally means salvation. During the wilderness journey, Moses changed the name to Jehoshah, meaning Jehovah is salvation. Joshua was associated with Moses. Joshua was a young man when Moses appointed him as his, one of his ministers or attendants during the wilderness journey. 
Exodus and Numbers tell of some of his services during those years. It's in Exodus 17 and 24, Numbers 13 and 14. At the close of Moses' career, God chose Joshua to be his successor, Numbers 27. At the end of Moses' time here, he transferred the mantle of leadership to his faithful attendant and friend, Joshua, Deuteronomy 34.9. Joshua had a great character. Joshua feared. He reverenced God. He believed, he obeyed, and he glorified God. He was a great ruler, commanding the respect of his subjects. He maintained order and discipline. He put the worship of God central in the nation's government. What a wise man. Can you imagine? They knew back then that God's worship had to be central in government. can't have a government without God's, without God's laws, God's words. Mm. And he encouraged his people to press on to claim God's best. He was a great military leader using his God-given traits of wisdom. God-given traits, not military trained. He was using his God-given traits of wisdom. That's why they won. You can't outdo God-given traits, particularly God-given traits of wisdom. That's what this this, this sick government today want to kill God-given skills <laughs> and, and try to, you know, use all kinds of things to make it look like God-given skills are not important. And that's, I mean, no education in the world could uh, compare to God-given traits of wisdom. But anyway, he was a great military leader using his God-given traits of wisdom, confidence, courage, and the spirit of challenge to lead this, his army in strategies that consistently led to triumph. Yet he was a humble man who thought highly of others and most gloriously of God. His characteristics in relation to God were that of love, fear, belief, obedience, and glorification. The Lord God is revealed in Joshua. What does it tell us? What does the book Joshua tell us about God? The book of Joshua reveals much about the person and work of God. You can look up the names Lord and God in the concordance and observe that the Lord was actively and incessantly involved in the battles and business of the leaders and people. Three attributes of God are especially prominent in the book of Joshua. These attributes are God's holiness, God's faithfulness, and God's saving grace. There are major tasks assigned to Joshua. The book of Joshua reports the essential details of four major tasks or experiences of Israel in occupying the promised land. The book talks about the preparation, the conquest, the allocating the land parcels, and the consecration. The preparation for wars in Joshua 1.1, the conquest, is called the campaign that's discussed in Joshua 6.1. The inheritance is called the land allotment, Joshua 13.1. And then the consequences for obeying God were continued blessings, Joshua 22.10. The action of Joshua is shown in chapter 11, verse 23. So Joshua took the whole land. The business of Joshua is shown in chapter 23, verse 8. Cleave unto Joshua as ye have done unto this day. 
There was a time of preparation in Joshua in the first chapters. The first five chapters of Joshua concerned the preliminary stages of the Israelites' conquest of Canaan as they prepared and positioned themselves for the battle against their enemies. Read the passage referring to this condensed outline. Okay, in the beginning chapters, they had to prepare themselves, just like I think we need to take heed now, prepare ourselves how to fight the enemy, these demon forces trying to take over our governance structures. But in chapter 1, in their preparation, Joshua, he charged, there was a charge to Joshua. He, it was a task that he identified. Chapter 2, he, had spy, he sent people to spy on Jericho. That means the enemy was studied. And that's what we do. We look at the, the strategies of the enemy. And then he's made a plan, which was to cross Jordan. So the leaders were magnified. And then there were stones that were set up. And that was deliverance memorialized. And then at the end, there was circumcision and Passover. And the hearts prepared. The conquest begins in the middle of the land, Joshua 6. To possess Canaan meant to drive out the enemy, but the enemies were many, the Hittites, the Ammonites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, and others. Each was to be reckoned with as Joshua planned his strategy of conquest. There is no record of God explicitly instructing Joshua as to the direction Though he was ever present, actually the geographical location of entrance into the north-south-oriented Canaan at Jericho determined the plan. The conquest of Canaan is in uh, the central part was discussed in Joshua 6.1, the southern part, Joshua 9.1, the northern part, Joshua 11.1, and then the summary of the conquest as a whole, uh, a conquest of Canaan is in Joshua 11.16. Victory came through faith. These were progressive conquests, even though there was defeat through sin. Restoration came as they were repentant and removed the sin. Allocation of the land came next. The activities of Israel during the years of chapters 1 through 12 were not terminal in themselves. The terminus was reached when it could be said that Joshua took the whole land and that he could now divide the land for an inheritance to Israel according to their divisions by their tribes. The action of the unhappy, though necessary, wars was the prelude to the gratifying and pleasant business of the allotment of the lands to the Israelites. While there is no record of any pagan, pagan tree or colorful ceremony attending the drawing lots for the land assignments for each tribe, the importance of such allotments cannot be overstated. This was the climatic moment in Israel's young life when for the first time she could claim a land as her own given by God. In the days of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, the land was too large for total claim. When by propagation Israel grew to the size of a formidable nation, the people were dwelling in bondage in foreign land, Egypt. The wilderness years were spent on the way to the land. The seven years of fighting after crossing the Jordan were used to conquer the land. Now the hour had come to claim the land, build homes, and live with God in peace. 
the day of land allotment was truly a happy day for Israel. The last of the book concerns consecration to God, Joshua 22 to 24. The first five chapters of Joshua, the preparation section, the chapters of anticipation of conquest. The last three chapters, the consecration section, are chapters of anticipation of continued dwelling in God's land of rest. The intense actions of the first half of the book reach the plateau in the business of land allotment gives way to relatively quiet but emotion-filled moments of crisis. Joshua appeals for total commitment and elicits Israel's consecration to God, a heartwarming climax to the years of his ministry among them. Basically, he told them if you want to keep the land, you must commit to God. A brief outline of these concluding chapters show us the consecration of the eastern tribes Joshua's charge to them, the tribe's altar of witness, the consecration of the western tribe, Joshua's charge to them, and the covenant renewed. Lastly is an appendix. There are types and symbols in Joshua. There's a remarkable correspondence between the experiences of Israel from the bondage of Egypt to the conquest of Canaan and the spiritual experiences of the individual soul. In Exodus, we read, of Israel's condition in Egypt, which was bondage, poverty, and imminent death. This corresponds to the spiritual condition of a soul before regeneration. Wow. Wow, it sounds like the TI program. There was bondage, poverty, and imminent death. Wow. Mm. This corresponds to the spiritual condition of a soul before regeneration. Also, Israel's exodus from Egypt typify God's deliverance of a soul when he brings salvation. In Numbers, we read of Israel's backsplitting condition in the wilderness, demonstrating unbelief, disobedience, discontent, and weakness. This pictures a soul regenerated but out of fellowship with God. Three prominent types we can identify in Joshua. Joshua, the leader of the host of Israel, is as a type of Christ, the captain of, of uh, salvation. The crossing of the Jordan is a type of Christian dying with Christ. Israel's conquest of Canaan typifies the Christian's victory over the enemies of his soul. Application. What makes Joshua so practical for the Christian is that the major application concerns the Christian's pursuit of the abundant life which Christ talked about when he said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. This tells us that we're going to go through something before you get that abundant life. Israel, dwelling in the land of rest, Canaan is a vivid type of the Christian living in intimate relationship to Christ, abiding in him and being filled with his joy. The Christian's rest is a peace that comes out of victory over the soul's enemy through the power and help of God. While it is true that the blessings of abiding in Christ originate in regeneration, they are contingent upon a Christian's diligence to enter that life. Much can be learned from Joshua about the Christian's call to service. Joshua's supreme qualification was that all his gifts training and experience were fused into a dynamic force by the touch of God. Thus, his potential was called forth. Why are the wars of Joshua called holy wars? The book of Revelation prophesies many wars of God. 
we can derive some principles about holy wars from the book of Revelation. Oh, okay. That was short. Okay. All right. Joshua's called the book of anybody? Joshua's called the book of conquest. Remember, I'm taking this these classes myself. I'm just sharing with anybody in the community. I'm not teaching classes. I'm taking them myself. So I just welcome anybody that wants to come in. I'm learning my Bible. I'm not trying to act like I'm a Bible scholar. Uh, I'm a teacher by profession, but I'm not, um, you know, this is not my, I, I'm, I teach ESL. This is not my profession. So I'm teach. I'm learning the class, and I welcome anybody to learn it with me. Joshua 5.13.15 narrates an event where Joshua was met by the commander of the army of the Lord, who is evidently, okay, we're going to go to Joshua 5.13 and take a look at that. I hope it comes up with King James. So many of the other versions have been uh, that deviate. I was reading the main deviation from the King James Version and other versions. Other versions deliberately left out uh, the chapter on discerning of spirits. Yeah, that was the big difference. All the other Bibles, they just... Totally left out. They don't want people to discern the spirit. So I found that amazing. Okay. Joshua five thirteen to 15, the fall of Jericho. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man sitting, no, saw a man standing, excuse me, in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for this servant, for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Let's take a look. Joshua 5, 13 to 15 narrates an event where Joshua was met by the commander of the army of the Lord, who is evidently an angel of the Lord who came to help Joshua in battle. Hmm, that's an idea. A pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. Well, he, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't a bad guy. A mighty warrior from somewhere whom God sent to aid the Israelites. Or no answer. Hmm. I know it's one of these. I'm going to go with a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ and a mighty warrior. And wow, a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. Okay, correct. 
What is the key chapter of the book of Joshua? I think it is Joshua 24. Yes, Joshua 24 it is. Oh, boy. The first five chapters of the book of Joshua record the blank of the Israelites for the impending conquest of something of preparation. Um, spiritual preparation, military preparation, moral preparation, and physical preparation. All of them, correct. And I did do this, um, uh, what was that, Friday night. This is a review. From a military point of view, conquering the city of Jericho is a foolish idea. What is the reason why God ordered the Israelites to take the first to take first the city of Jericho, to test the Israelites, to boost the morality of the Israelites, to teach the Israelites that their success in battle is always by God's power. That is the answer. What? Must be two of them. uh, Let's see. From a military point of view, conquering the city of Jericho is a foolish idea. What are the reasons? why God ordered the Israelites to take first the city of Jericho. Okay, so it's going to be more than one answer. So one answer I'm going to say is to teach the Israelites that their success in battle is always by God's power. And now I have to pick between what else. To test the Israelites, to boost the morality of the Israelites with the military drill. I'm going to go with to test the Israelites. Yes. Good. To test the Israelites and to teach the Israelites that their success in battle is always by God's power. And that goes for all of us. All of our success in whatever we do, whatever battle, has to be done through God's power. Because these demons now, they're, they're, they're stooping to the lowest. They're going to the, the pit of the earth. They're using deities. They're using demons. They're using, I mean, all kinds of stuff. So we can't try to fight no battle, any battle, um, on our own strength. We have to ask God to give us the strength. Okay, Joshua's original name was Hoshea, which Moses changed into Jehoshua. What does Jehoshua mean? That was salvation. Jehovah is salvation. Okay. Three attributes of God are evident in the book of Joshua. What are those? Remember grace, faithfulness, and I think holiness. I didn't see mercy. Right. God's holiness, God's faithfulness, and God's saving grace. Yes. Which of the following is a major task assigned to Joshua? Spying, consecration, worship, deliverance. Consecration, oh great! Consecration, great. Joshua, Joshua is leader of the host of Israel. Is a type of Christ, uh, the great redeemer, the mighty warrior, the captain of our salvation. Converts first fruits of Calvary. The captain of our salvation. What makes the book Joshua so practical for the Christian? The military strategies in Joshua will be very useful to Christian nations in conquering and defending land? No, I wouldn't say that. 
Younger people will learn so much from the life of Joshua. No answer or its major application concerns the Christian's pursuit of abundant life. Its major application concerns the Christian pursuit of abundant life. I say that, yes, it is that. Okay. Okay, that was it. Biblical history of Israel, taking a look at Joshua. And um, when things were turning uh, for God's people, they had gone through the wilderness, they went through a lot of things, and then finally they were coming into conquest of the Canaan, uh, that, that land, getting land. And Joshua was there to facilitate that and uh, divided up the land to God's people. And they had been through a lot. Okay, now, someone sent me these videos. I hope I have my speaker here. And um, I do want to, wanted to take a look at them. This one says, I was cleansed by God and felt clean and light afterwards. And these are people that are uh, going through some type of uh, demonic attack, whether it's an attachment, an entity. Uh, it's just some force that doesn't belong on them. Let's take a look here. Let me see what... Uh, wait let me wait before I go. This sister in Christ was having strange spiritual experiences, including feeling heavy, coming out of her body in depression. Watch the Lord deliver her. So we started praying, and then she was cleansed by God. I was cleansed by God and felt clean and light afterwards. And it's based on Ezekiel 36, verses 25 to 27, King James Version. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. As we're casting demons out of someone else, the spirits within her kept leaving her body, and she was vomiting so hard she got a little nervous. Finally, they all came out. Praise God. Then she got water baptized, and a few days later, the Holy Spirit came into her. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. If John fourteen fifteen, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth within you and shall be in you. Okay. All right, let's see. I'll play it. I hope it comes up enough.
don't think I was brain. I, I was walking around my house and I went back into my body. Um, I don't uh, I just mean you, there's a spirit in you that allows your your spirit to come out. Wow. And it's probably because you did something before you became a believer. Really? Mm-hmm. So if you dealt with speech boards or did a media or media or seances. No, but I see something that's coming to my mind. Um, before I was a believer, which is so funny, I thought I really was a Christian to come to find out I wasn't. I had a roommate, and she was from Panama, and her. And I remember when me go from went to New York, and so ignorant, I went into a place that I think that they were chanting, and she was buying candles. So, yeah. So that would yeah. do it. Or if you bring a first object into your home. The Holy Spirit's been showing me that stuff about jewelry and things of that nature. And we live very close to New Orleans, and we're always in New Orleans. Yes. So, and I remember I was there with some plans, and the Holy Spirit told me not to go into particular shop, and I stayed out in the street. Yeah. Okay, so, so all I need to really show you is how to use your authority in Jesus Christ, okay? Okay, yes. All right, so um, there's a passage in the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 19. I'll just quote it to you. Did you follow? Yes. Um, it says, Behold, I give unto you power to trade on serpents and scorpions. So Jesus meant spiritual serpents and scorpions. And, okay. and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Okay. All right. So, how much power do you have over the enemy? All power. All power. All right. Just relax. Look into my eyes. Okay. Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, I just bring my sister Teresa before you, Lord, this child of yours, precious child, Lord. And Father, I invite your Holy Spirit to fill it both up, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we send archangels to say, you each around both of us. And at the command of Jesus Christ, archangels go inside and destroy every unclean thing in my sister at the command of Jesus Christ. I find the principality's powers, rules, and darkness. I find you the strong man in Jesus' name. We rebuke you in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. After two to three minutes of praying,
insecurity, anxiety, depression, we rebuke you now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't belong there. Come out. Anxiety, go in Jesus' name. Ow! Okay. Uh, so you, your dreams were uh, someone. What were your dreams? Uh, I've had dreams where I've been, I know it was demons, but I've seen them having like some sex. So it scared me to wake up. Okay.
command civil war inside. You destroy each other. You, you destroy your own kingdom right now. I rain down fire and judgment upon you in Jesus' name. Burn, demon. I beg you in flames. Go. Out, 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 out to the pit. Go return to your master and tell him you failed. You come out. Out. Go, 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 all spirits of rebellion come out too. Any spirit of stubbornness.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.